Welcome back to the Black Zaddy Podcast. I am your host, the haggard, tired dad with the absolute least energy today. I am uh, Lee Knuckles, aka Mr. Game 7. Welcome back. It's been a long couple weeks, as you can tell by my intro. Um, But I'm excited to get into it. Last week, we talked about different we talked about different perspectives from labor delivery from the perspective of a black man from me and my experience in the labor and delivery process as I support my partner this episode will focus a little bit on the question that I hear a lot which is it's so amazing to be a parent the newborn is so great I kind of gave you all a little bit of a teaser at the end of last episode but I'm really interested in exploring and kind of answer some questions for y'all about this conversation about when this baby is born, these these first couple weeks are is bliss, it's beautiful, it's great. They just poop, shit, and eat. It's fantastic. And I want to answer, is that true? So I'm just going to put a couple questions out there and answer myself, and we'll figure it out. I think one big question is, how did you feel when the baby was born and why? Uh, for me, when the baby was born, it was really, it was a beautiful moment. I mean, I think how they portray it in media and everything is like pretty spot on. It's a really painful, long, grueling process for the person who's birthing the child, but also for the person who's supporting. And then when that baby comes, like everything changes. It's really magical. I think for me particularly, and I talk, I'll talk about in future episodes, it immediately felt redemptive. I really had a... I've had a lot of conversations with myself and with other people, but often feeling like there's a shadow of my father uh, who I have... I don't really... I don't have a relationship at all with. Um, but the concern of that person becoming... Me becoming that person always chased me. Uh, for as long as I can remember, from literally from the time I was in maybe first, second, third grade till now. And seeing that child being born felt incredibly redemptive. It was a moment where I was like, yes, I am not my father. Um, I can't necessarily describe why that is per se. I'm still kind of processing that, but it was really, it was really, it was really beautiful and really um, healing in a lot of unique ways. So... So you spoke about people telling you about the first two weeks. How has it been? Well, the first two weeks was a clusterfuck and a whirlwind. Uh, Bless up to my in-laws who came for the first probably eight to nine days. But those first two weeks are a whirlwind. I think it depends on the situation with your child, obviously. But with ours, it was crazy. Uh... You know, we had, there was difficulty, it was challenges in breastfeeding, which, uh, let me tell, people really highlight and talk about the beauty of breastfeeding and the importance, which I absolutely, from what I've read and from what I understand, absolutely. I think I was breastfed as a child. Uh, And look at me. That's not necessarily, you can't make that causal relationship. But I, but I also think there's, there seems to be. Nobody seems to really discuss to anybody the difficulty of breastfeeding and what that challenge looks like. 
you know, constantly trying to figure out this breastfeeding in our situation, our child was constantly, constantly crying, um, like at the nipple, like screaming, uh, which, you know, is difficult when, when a baby's crying, when you're, when your child's crying, especially in the first couple of weeks and you're not used to it, at least for me, I felt the pang of pain because I don't know what this cry means. I don't know what I can do. And you don't really understand. And, you know, <laughs> you're so used to dealing with, at least for me, I'm so used to dealing with adults who can, who, I mean, hopefully can explain their feelings. We know how this works in the current day and age. People don't know how to express their feelings in any way, shape or form. Um, but it's difficult dealing with, it's, it's hard dealing with a, a baby that a child, a sentient being that doesn't know how to say, hey, motherfucker, I'm hungry. Hey, motherfucker, I'm fucking tired. So it's <laughs> it's a really overwhelming time. And you're tired. You're incredibly tired um, because I, some of you girls out here, are insomniacs. I cannot relate. I sleep like a rock wherever, however, and whenever I want. Um, and this baby's getting up every two hours, one hour, three hours, and throughout the night. I know people talk about this, about this lack of sleep. But back to my point, I kind of got winded and out, off track, but the breastfeeding, um, you know, s- seeing my partner have a hard time, have a, I mean, hard time is probably an understatement, but I can't imagine the feeling that you are a source of some of someone of a human uh, substance, food, energy, literally from your body. And it's incredibly difficult or you feel like you can't do it. And you're the partner watching this, right? I'm trying to support. I'm trying to move the breast around, move the baby around, support the baby's baby's head. Um, we saw, I think, five lactation consultants in the first week and still was just not able to latch on. And seeing that way on your partner is really difficult. So, I mean, for me, the first weeks was was brutal. Um, trying to be supportive to my partner, but also, you know, recognizing that I have to put, I mean, I have to put on the emotional Jansport, right? Because... The baby is the, the, uh, the uh, is of the utmost importance, and then secondly, uh, my wife, my partner, is of the second most utmost importance, and uh, she just had a baby, right? And this in our situation, she had a C section, so a major surgery, and what that does, what that puts it, puts your partner in, she's having a hard time getting up. You have to help her get up, right? Not, not feeling control of her her body. Um, and I can't imagine what it feels like to not be in control of your body when you're trying to do day-to-day things. Getting up out of the motherfucking bed is a difficult, is a difficult. Um, but also it's like really phenomenal to see this baby, this human, develop over time um, and learn to learn to feed, learn to learn to kick, learn to sleep. <laughs> um and but then also, we're learning, right? I'm figuring out how to, I'm figuring out how, what what the cries mean, even though I, I really just figured out probably a week ago, which is we're at the eight-week mark now. Um, 
and then figure, but then also figuring out how to, you know, how to hold the baby. Cause I mean, newborns are like, I mean, in the first week or two, they're very fragile, you know? So, and then you're just dealing with like this inundation of information. You know, we go see the doctor cause after the, <laughs> they weighed the baby after 24 hours, after 24 hours, our baby lost 8.8%. It's very common for babies to lose up to, up to 10%, but apparently because it was 8.8% and close to 10%, it was so concerning that we had to go back and bring the, that we had to bring the child back in two days to the physician because they were so concerned we had to feed the baby every two hours, even if uh, our child was sleeping. So, you know, and then you, so then you just feel with like this dread and concern about if your baby, if your child's going to be okay. Um, and meanwhile, like, again, the, throughout all this, right, I'm trying to be stable. I'm trying to be supportive because I guess to me, it doesn't make sense. It's, it doesn't make sense or it's not helpful if we're all melting. Uh, right. And they have the absolute grounds to melt, to melt and have these emotions. And I do too. I'm learning, but I think in that moment, it was important for me to put the backpack on. So I think it was it was emotionally draining in a lot of ways, physically taxing. Uh, even though the in-laws were in town and really helping, it was really, really tiring and exhausting. <laughs> so question number three, how has your relationship with your partner um, changed or persisted um, in the past in comparison to now? There's something I've been meaning to talk about for a while, but I'll talk about this briefly. Uh, sex, right? Sex, intimacy, romance. Um, I think something that that doesn't get talked about, but I think it's I I don't know. I've seen like very limited um, conversations or like representations of intimacy and pregnancy, and then the first couple months. First couple months, first couple weeks um, after having a child. So I think sex has been an interesting topic for me and for me and my relationship with my partner um, over the course of probably the last seven months, we'll say. Um, and that's because I think it's it's nobody really talks to you about how to prepare for it. And I also think. I, th- I think sex intimacy in that process in that process really can benefit from a culture of consent, um, open conversation about sex and intimacy that we that I don't think we have as a society in, a, in the U.S. But I think that it, I think over time we really had to start having conversations and like communicating openly in this uh, in this new way about it, um, especially when we're especially when voicing you know, not desiring it and probably, and probably not for the first time, but like in a unique time, that's for extended period of time. Um, what I mean by this is that when, when she was pregnant, you know, I think the first trimester, it was, there was no problem, right? We were intimate having sex, no problem. Um, this is not to say that sex or in like insertive sex was the primary Mechanism for intimacy, right? Cuddling, kissing, all these type of things were a good time, um, and how we, you know, love each other. We knew we, we love each other in like a intimate um, way. I think as she got to show more and she got more pregnant, um, it became a little difficult because I think I had a block. 
I think I had a block of like <laughs> being concerned as cliche as it sounds. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the baby. Um, but then also we're navigating the bot navigating her body differently because you know she has a baby. She has this tension. She's feeling different kinds of pains and figuring out different ways to navigate that. So I think that was, I think sex kind of took a dip, but we found different, but then having open conversations about finding different ways to be intimate uh, and still and figuring out if that was satisfactory enough. Now, I think in the, probably the month prior to labor, I don't think we didn't really have that much sex, if at all. Um, part of that is a result of discomfort, discomfort for her, and you know, it was it's painful. I mean, I don't I don't really know, but I know from what she was telling me that it was painful. So I was taking it in stride and saying, okay, cool. Um, and also, I think, and also after the fact, so baby's here, she has to recover. Right, I, the the doctor told us it was gonna be four to six weeks, um, and but it's interesting because right, there's there's never there's never like advice on like, hey, make sure you dis- discuss what comfort feels like and if it's comfortable. But realizing that you know, when the baby's here, there's like there's a reduced amount of time for intimacy that many of us take for granted. Right, the ability to hug and touch and love upon each other, um, and then also changing feelings about even if the even if the child is not aware of what's happening, how people feel about you know being intimate in front of the baby because you know the baby's in the bassinet, the baby's sleeping, whatever. Uh, it may inspire, inspire different feelings. Also. If you're very vigilant about the baby, right? Vigilant about taking care of the child and it's always on your mind. It's hard to focus. It's hard to take a moment and be present to be intimate, to be sexually intimate, to be cuddling, to be, you know, kissing up on each other, to, you know, read each other rock novels, all these type of things that are, that this child doesn't make difficult, but it, it forces you to kind of learn to navigate this in like more explicit and honest ways. And also, like, recognizing that, you know, for example, we we really encourage masturbation because, you know, we want, I I want her to be comfortable in her body. She wants to be comfortable in her body before, right, before we are, we are being intimate together. So, and, and figuring out what's comfortable and what's not comfortable. So, I think it's, I think it's really been interesting, but I also think it's, we've really taken the time to really, capitalize on moments so what we have done probably in the first starting the first two weeks was asking each other holding each other accountable so asking each other on a day-to-day basis near the end of the day what is one thing that you're going to do for yourself tomorrow and sometimes it was for me it was motherfucking brushing my teeth sometimes it was shaving my face um sometimes it was just going outside <laughs> and then eventually now we have a we have a a ritual, because a lot of this process has been trying to reintroduce ritual into my life, is every Wednesday, which is the marker for another week of our child being here and us being parents, we celebrate. So we might have a nice dinner. We might play board games. 
Uh, we might jam on instruments, which we haven't done yet, but stay tuned. We may, I don't we just, the goal is to like, the goal is to really take a moment and really, one, celebrate ourselves, and two, like have 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it looks like to be together and to be in each other's presence and to be focused on each other. Cause we don't get, you don't get that time a lot when you're at least in this, at least in this time, um, especially in those first two weeks. I think the first, mostly the first week mark, I was like, let's celebrate whatever. And then the second week mark, I decided like, let to do something. Um, maybe it was a walk. Maybe it was, maybe it was like dinner. Um, but yeah, just, I think it's important just to figure something out to celebrate and commemorate the the event, the experience, um, to keep things to keep things alive, and to also really find that time to be intentional together. Uh, yeah, and then it's also interesting because like even in the first two weeks, I could feel I you can I can start to feel distance, and it wasn't distance as in disinterest in one another or frustration, but there's a child, right? And our part, like our energies have swap have have shifted, and our energy, go, our, our lot of our energy goes towards our child, and some of our energy goes towards each other, and um, and even at that time, right? Like being frustrated, you know, yelling at the baby is not going to do anything, and also I'm, I can imagine it doesn't do anything great for them and their health, physiologically speaking. But you know, when you get frustrated, we, like they, we we may eventually see the worst sides of each other, um, which may explain some of the distance, right? Which is not to say we're getting disinterested or we're falling out of love. It's just that a child is coming to the picture. So things are different. Um, and which has been a, which is, which we have tried to actively find ways to kind of climb back into that space with each other. And one of those things is the weekly celebration. Um, what has my child done for my queerness? So this is this is going to be ever changing. I'm realizing that as our child is ever changing, we will also, I will also be ever changing. Um, there's a part of me that has made has made me a little more loud, <laughs> loud about it, um, and I think that's partially because. I constantly had to think, I constantly think about who do I want my child to see me as? And I think a big important part of that is see me as an unabashed human being for who I am. And part of who I am is my queerness, right? My blackness with a Q. Um, so that, so that means, you know, talking about how I talk, even when I have a baby in my hand, right? Saying, oh girl, what's up? Right. And um, talking about things that I deem important, even with a baby in my hand, and I think I think historically, I think my family would probably challenge that, right, and question that because they'd be concerned of some hoopla. Um, but yeah, but then also, um, yeah, and then also, like for example, and also being out and about, right? I paint my nails. Um, that's like probably a basic basic signifier. But then also, right? I I talked to my, I talked to my, my my girls, my girls, okay, um, and having my child in my hands while I'm doing these things, 
uh, for me, is helpful in like re- reinforcing that like I'm I'm still I'm still a parent. I'm still a father. Um, none of this none of this diminished. I think also on the flip side, I get really concerned, and it partially also dims it. Right. So I don't think that's a equivalent evening out, but I think it's a unique dynamic that I have that that I need to like work on because I'm also concerned about how people are going to view me and then in turn view my child. Um, and that's part of me being very future oriented, right? And me trying to focus on the present, but also, you know, I have family members, I have people in my neighborhood, I have, I have people whoever that will look and make these considerations and understand. I don't necessarily know what those implications are and what that impact will be. But I think at this moment, early on, especially in those two weeks, those, those are some of the questions I had, especially like in-laws coming in and things like that. So is there any validity to the first two weeks and its importance? Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I think me and my partner are in a much better place because I think we are constantly to our detriment or to our benefit, constantly processing. Um, and that's just, and that's not to say everybody needs to process, but I think it's important to constantly be checking in on each other in some way, shape, or form. Because it's 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 a super dynamic time where, you know, you're rec- recognizing day by day that you're a goddamn parent. <laughs> um, and then your partner may be crying because they're super stressed out or... And then you're crying or you're doubting yourself because of something, some innocuous thing that happened or you watched some TV that said something or you heard a podcast or you watched some news that like that made you question if you're matching up um, or just fighting or like fighting narratives that your family, friends, society, you have introduced yourself. I think it's, it's really important to check in on each other. I think. The baby stuff's gonna come, right? It, it's, I mean, I always consider it like one of the largest, like one of the greatest experience, greatest experiments, um, and most risky experiments of all time is parenting or bringing a child, a, a child life into this world, whether you adopt it, whether you foster a child or whatever, because it's you don't know what you're gonna get, and you also know a lot of people don't know what they're doing because you, nobody teaches you how to be a parent. Yeah, you, know, you can read all these damn articles and whatever, but it don't mean shit. Uh, so I think there's validity to the first two weeks. I think a real big part is checking in. I think it's super important. I think it's super important for us to make sure that we are good as a unit. Um, and if you're a single parent, I think make sure you have a team of people, friends that are checking in on you that you can process with. I'm not a single parent, so I'm not going to speak to that. But I, I, I think that's one thing. That I don't know what I would do if I was holding all this shit in for so long. Um, and I think a lot. About, I think a lot about that. About these these men, and historically, when like they were having children, like the the men and their their wives were having children, and then the men just went back to work. And I'm like, what does that do when like you don't get to, you don't know what your wife is going to through. You don't, and you come back home, and like it's tension because you're working, right? But you probably want to see your kid also. Um, and like, are you seeing the worst of each other and what that looks like? That that's kind of, that's a conversation for a different episode, but I just wanted to bring that up. Um Yeah, I think oh and I think overall, like the the last question is how was I? I mean, I just said I was I was very exhausted, it was, it was tiring. Um 
the newborn backpack is, is a real thing. Um, newborn life is not super juicy and super exciting. I think it's beautiful to kind of see your child and see it kind of navigate the world. <laughs> uh, but it's far more entertaining for uh, your family and friends and not as much entertaining for yourself. Okay. Um, I'm very blessed where our child was like, had a good temperament, was very chill, relaxed, <laughs> all things considered. But yeah, I think with a, I think with a combination of how medicine sometimes will make things seem so urgent, as well as your own narratives and concerns, having to be, having to you were worried about your partner and your child. Um, it's a it's a heavy time. It's a heavy time. It's a joyous time, but it's also a heavy time. And I think it it would do us men, queer or otherwise, um, some justice to really kind of take that in and, and really process what that means. So, yeah. So, like I said, this episode was really focused on the first two weeks. Um, I talked a little bit about where I'm at right now, but also some some tips, some insights. Um, I, I really, I just don't... <laughs> As someone that doesn't have a lot of friends or family that have kids, I don't think I had a lot of exposure to that. But then also, I, just, I mean, I, I think when when parents and they have their kids and their kids are twenty five, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, those first two weeks, that month, you know, there's probably markers of like, ooh, this shit was a fucking shitstorm. But I imagine it's hard to remember the intricate details. So hopefully this helps some of y'all or at least kind of give you a picture of what uh, your future of parenting looks like or maybe you really resonate with some of this stuff. But if you do, um, like I said, give me a shout out. Uh, share this with your networks. Let, please, like, please let other black, black fathers, black queer fathers know. I'm also looking for uh, black queer fathers of different backgrounds and different experiences to interview. Um, if they're incarcerated, if they're single fathers, if they're with, if they're widowed black queer fathers, if they're black queer fathers who are working class, black queer fathers who are white collar, black queer fathers who are immigrants, black queer fathers who are not on the on this continent, who are not in the U.S., who are Afro Latino, black queer fathers, Afro Asian, um, black queer fathers on the continent. Uh, mixed race queer fathers, I mean, across the board. So feel free to hit me up on Instagram uh, at Black Zaddies, at Black Zaddy, B-L-A-Q-Z-A-D-D-I on Instagram, uh, or uh, email me at Black Zaddies, that's B-L-A-Q-Z-A-D-D-I-E-S at gmail.com. Peace out.